the message here ends up being, sorry, ladies, but men are just better. And that's why we have more men in these leadership roles. We're tired of that as ladies of Landsat. everyone, and welcome to another episode of Eyes on Earth. Our podcast focuses on our ever-changing planet and on the people at Eros and across the globe who use remote sensing to monitor the health of Earth. My name is Jane Lawson, and I'll be hosting today's episode. The growing Twitter page, Ladies of Landsat, connects women who work in the male-dominated field of remote sensing to share their experiences and feel the support of a community. Kate Fickus created Ladies of Landsat at a Landsat science team meeting in 2018 at Eros. Through it, she created the connections and support and platforms she wished she had had during her PhD years while she attended conferences and rarely saw other women. With the help of fellow scientist Morgan Crowley, Ladies of Landsat has gained more than 5,000 followers in three years. A weekly Twitter series highlights research led by people in remote sensing. They've held in-person and virtual networking events and conference symposiums. They've even created videos. Kate Fickus works as a remote sensing ecologist using Landsat to help natural resource and conservation managers make decisions about aquatic ecosystems. She's research faculty at both the University of Massachusetts Amherst and Utah State University. Dr. Fickus, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and welcome to Eyes on Earth. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. First of all, do you want to tell us more about the dream you had for the Ladies of Landsat Twitter group? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a remote sensing ecologist uh, for about eight years now. I came from a background in more wildlife ecology. There are a lot more women in ecology and biology, and there was a real sense of community that I had in my undergraduate years that I really didn't see into my graduate career. I would travel around the world and not see many other women join the conversation about what they were doing, what the applications they had for remote sensing imagery. And a lot of it was really algorithm development for Landsat and other remote sensing products. And I started to feel really lonely and left out because my research was application-based. I was looking at wetlands and how we can use Landsat for conservation. When you start to feel lonely, you start to feel like you don't have a community to be a part of, the isolation, self-doubt, and unworthiness, those feelings can be insidious. I was craving a group like Ladies of Landsat to really connect with other women and share my experience. So when I started the Ladies of Landsat Twitter group, it launched at Eros in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at a Landsat science team meeting. The hope would just be at its core that I could connect with other women across the globe who were also using Landsat and remote sensing data just to begin to start a community. And I had no idea that it would blossom into what it is now. So what are the intents or the goals of Ladies of Landsat? We want to create a community to support and amplify voices of women and underrepresented groups in remote sensing. We hear a lot that women are just tired of being pushed aside, and a community like Ladies of Landsat helps women find their voices to change the status quo. We tend to do this through both a bottom-up amplification and representation of female voices and then calling for action from the top down. So asking those in powers, what we call our active allies, to change the landscape. There's a lot of gatekeeping that goes on in remote sensing. Someone or groups of specific people might be limiting access intentionally or unintentionally to the voices represented and being heard in Earth observation. And this could be through graduate application, leadership roles, conference panels, or even publishing bias. You'll hear them say, you know, we don't consider gender. We only choose the top candidates. 
First of all, it ignores and delegitimizes the very real experience that women and other underrepresented groups feel when they express frustration and hurt with the way the current system is set up. Second, it takes really a conscious effort to change this structure. And we're trying to shift that change by putting the remote sensing community at large to shift their perspectives. I often like to use the Landsat analogy of near-infrared and shortwave-infrared. Near-infrared was the original way we were evaluating vegetation through multispectral information. And we're talking really cool folks walking around in the rainforest, pointing an NIR spectrometer at trees and, you know, shouting Eureka. We have the remote sensing community out of that. Near-infrared was the standard for monitoring vegetation and landscape dynamics of Landsat, and rightly so. We've learned a lot of wonderful things about the world through NIR itself and its spectral indices like NDVI. They've helped shape this field. However, in the past five years or so, there's been a real push to be using more SWIR, shortwave infrared. Often where near-infrared fails, SWIR is able to shine. For example, many users are finding SWIR to be critical in vegetation species differentiation, burn indices. For me, it's invaluable for my research in aquatic ecosystems. So the question is, you know, what if this whole time we had only been focused on near-infrared, but really should have been paying a lot closer attention to SWIR? Think about all that we could have learned from this new perspective. What's even better, it would be using all the bands or all the perspective in an industry like tassel cap transformation. And I'll make a side note there and say that I have a big bias because I'm a tassel cap evangelist. Sometimes we've been looking through, and I say we as a society, the global remote sensing community have been looking through a specific bandwidth filter, and that limits the brilliance of other perspectives. And Ladies of Landsat helps bring awareness to that. Absolutely. Could you explain a little more about the group? So um, is it like a formal membership? Do people just sign up on Twitter or what are their different areas of work or interest in remote sensing? We're informal in the sense that we don't have a, a formal membership. If you like us on Twitter, you're in. And if you want to be a lady of Landsat, you're in regardless of any gender. At a Landsat science team meeting, my male advisor introduced himself and shouted, I'm a lady of Landsat. This informality of the group has allowed us to be dynamic and flexible with who's involved and really create a place where the whole thing is a passion project, but then respecting our own needs of rest and self-care. And these are really important aspects of working life that so often get ignored for women because they have to be part of the hustle in order to keep up. You know, I deeply respect the women who have turned women in STEM groups into formal memberships, but right now Ladies of Landsat just isn't there yet. Those of us who are running the Ladies of Landsat Twitter are responding to collaboration requests at any given time. We all have full-time jobs. Some of us are mothers, and we all have personal lives of varying degrees. And we've created a place in the group without a hierarchy in which we can just say to each other, you know, hey, I, I don't really have the capacity to respond to this right now. And someone else will say, don't worry, I have the time, I've got your back. And it's such a safe and supportive and wonderful place to exist. Because of that, anyone can be a Lady of Landsat. Our hope is that Ladies of Landsat will make someone more excited about using Landsat in their work and not intimidated. So then how do people connect with each other? Do they connect with each other mainly over Twitter? Or I understand you have some events at conventions and things like that, too. Twitter can be used as a real force for good. Morgan and I met over Twitter um, and then we're able to meet up in Ireland. Um, and that's where this whole thing really started to blossom. Pre-COVID, we would have a lot of in-person events. Right now, we have a lot of virtual events so that many ladies of Landsat have the opportunity to meet as many other ladies of Landsat as possible. 
you want to talk a little bit about your new video series? That's pretty exciting. I'd love to. Yeah, that's been a creative and wonderful project. I met uh, Krista Straub, who is a USGS social scientist out of Fort Collins Science Center in 2020. And it was a classic interaction. I said, hey, Krista, are you a lady of Landsat? And she said, I don't know, am I? And I said, well, now you are. Krista really wanted to be able to interview folks about how Landsat has been valuable to their research and helped drive the research forward. We were able to marry that with Ladies of Landsat. We interview women and then we work on a storyboard together. And Morgan, Krista and I really try to perfect the narrative. It was a new journey for me as a creative process. And then we turned to Heartwood Visuals and she turns it into this beautiful animated series. I spend so much of my time in an analytical phase that these videos for me have been such a wonderful and joyful diversion and really helped me get through quarantine. Uh, and we're so pleased that everybody else is responding to them with the same amount of joy. Landsat seems pretty meaningful to a lot of people in this group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? And also tell me what your favorite Landsat is. Landsat and especially Landsat's unique free and open data policy has really led to an excellent opportunity for gender inclusion, the democratization of cyber infrastructure and cloud-based technologies being more accessible to new users. And really, more importantly, for ladies of Landsat, more women, it means less inherent gatekeeping and more accessibility to users worldwide. And then just as important, the education about these technologies is now more accessible as well, like this podcast. And then Landsat allows a start to leveling the playing field and lowers the cost to entry into this remote sensing world, which is so often the barrier to entry for women around the world. And with Landsat Collections, users don't need to have the software or computing power to connect dozens, if not hundreds of images together. And this supports more applied solutions to questions of things like sustainability and user-informed and directed solutions rather than black boxes of research done in the absence of those who are impacted and most vulnerable around the world. We also hear from a lot of our members that they feel their work is undervalued or not worthy because it's specifically application-based rather than algorithmic development or continent-wide or global mapping. We're trying to help change that perspective and show the dynamism of Landsat data. So yes, you can use it to map every single tree on earth, but you can also use it to make sure at one instance in time, your city or village is safe and free of harmful algal blooms in the drinking water. For my favorite Landsat, I've always liked an underdog. So my favorite has always been Landsat 7. I think everyone takes 7 for granted, but like, wow, look what it's accomplished, even being a little rough around the edges, and a pun intended there. I'm also really fond of Landsat 1 through 3 and MSS data in general. My research looks at a lot of policies surrounding the U.S. Clean Water Act, which was established in 1972 alongside Landsat 1. And MSS data is so valuable to exploring the impact of water policy across five decades. That would have been over a decade of data lost if MSS data isn't included. What kind of value do you, do women find through the connections of Ladies of Landsat, both personally for themselves and then also about that group connection and promotion of women in remote sensing? Has it led to any work being funded or research papers being picked up that you know of? 
First and foremost, I think community is everything. We're all hardwired for connection and we all want to belong. So I think the biggest thing that we find through these connections is helping women find a place of belonging in a world that can be kind of intimidating to those who first enter. And trust also creates the space to be vulnerable. I've had dozens of women either write me or tell me in person about their experiences from things like bias to sexual assault. And I include myself here being heard and believed is a huge relief. So we don't have to care this hurt and anger around alone. And we're here for each other to say, hey, you know, that wasn't okay. And your feelings are valid. And it's hard to believe but that sentiment is hard to find in STEM. And the professional side, we've had new groups pop up like Sisters of SAR. So uh, women who use synthetic aperture radar, which is so much fun and so joyous because myself, I am a, I was a hardcore Landsat user, really intimidated by synthetic aperture radar. But with the creation of Sisters of SAR, I now feel more apt to use it in my research. Morgan and I are also in a group for MDPI Remote Sensing Journal called Discoveries in Remote Sensing, where we're trying to break down barriers to publishing in the remote sensing world, specifically focused on underrepresented groups. And I think that, you know, we're in a real renaissance for women's voices being heard, not only through the research, but research papers on how women are moving through the world as women in STEM. We're just happy to be a small part of that. How about for you personally? Uh... What kind of value and what does it mean to you that you've led to all of this? The myth is that as you get older or move through your career, the sense of imposter syndrome or this feeling of loneliness starts to dissipate. But I and others I've heard from have not found that to be the case. I still frequently get lonely and feel like an imposter. I still turn to my ladies of Landsat that I reach for to be vulnerable for advice or guidance or help, and they always have my back. So for me to be able to give that back to other women so they can feel safe and supported and go out and do this amazing research is so rewarding for me. Ladies of Landsat has totally changed the way that I approach mentoring. It's hard to believe, but even just kindness and understanding can be a novelty in mentorship, especially in academia. Men who come up through undergraduate and enter their graduate career have a base level sense of confidence that women simply don't have. So providing that safe space to really boost up women, it's one of my core values and it's one of the favorite things that I do every day. What would you like the future to look like for the group and also for just women in the field in general? What do you hope for? In the past several years, we've really focused on kind of a grassroots effort to increase visibility and representation of women and minorities in remote sensing. But we hope that our group and then other groups, women in STEM, continue to make a conscious effort to develop the intersectionality of groups' mission statements and actions with intersectional feminism, holding the tenet that, you know, oppression of one group is the oppression of all groups and recognizing, however, that we all still have our own unique experience. For example, with the Black Lives Matter protests last year, it became clear that the scientific world was not doing nearly enough to support people of color and their experiences. So for Ladies of Landsat, it means we're trying to recognize our own privileges and using our privilege to engage in anti-racist actions the same way that we ask our allies to stand up for women in STEM. Right now, we try to showcase as many people of color as we can through our Manuscript Monday and are now listening to our community to try to understand how we can do better. Going forward, we'd also really like to tackle some of the harder subjects in STEM, like sexual harassment and assault, motherhood for women in STEM. Women have to pretend that there's no problem in order to be taken seriously. And we, in the future, 
want that to end. We want our experiences to be real and all women to feel safe and supported regardless of their experience. Any closing thoughts that we haven't touched on today? I'd like to thank all of the ladies of Landsat who have helped support my path. That's Morgan Crowley, Jody Vogler, Megan Halabisky. I couldn't have done any of this without them and their perspectives. And then I'd like to have another thank you to the incredible community of Ladies of Landsat on Twitter and around the world. Thank you for engaging in this group and helping make it better and creating a safe and supportive place for folks to exist. And then a final thank you to our active allies, people in power who are making sure that women are represented. They're asking the question, who's in the room? And if ladies of Landsat are not in the room, they try to make sure they are, and that's deeply appreciated. Thank you, Dr. Pickus, for joining us for this episode of Eyes on Earth. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to the listeners as well. Check out our Eros Facebook and Twitter pages to watch for our newest episodes. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is a product of the U.S. Geological Survey, Department of the Interior.